God bless you, family. Thanks for tracking with us. We're talking about Is This Wilderness? This is a series on discerning wilderness seasons. And if this is the first time you've heard about this mini-series in our podcast, I'd really advise y'all would go back to the last couple episodes. And my goal is to allow us to discern seasons, to get us to a place where we can actually discern, is this wilderness, is this promise, or is this still Egypt? Now, there's a few things I want to share. And again, I'm going to kind of go from the last few episodes. I'm going to give a, a brief description on everything we've gone through. And then I really want to get into this main topic, talking about garden provision. And what does garden provision actually mean based on the season I'm in? We have to understand that there's three types of seasons we're talking about. When you read about the children of Israel and them being delivered, okay, this is reading the book of Exodus, from Egypt into wilderness, which should have only taken two weeks to go from Egypt to promised land, took 40 years. And there's a lot of issues there, and there's a lot of things that we can learn. And I believe the Lord allowed this to happen because God, He is not a controlling God. He gives us a free will. And I want us to really know that once we get into these seasons, because there's parts of you that might not be able to make it to promise because maybe it's your own mouth. What if your mouth is blocking your blessings? Let's say, and I gave this example several times, your marriage might be in wilderness, but your finances are in promised land. Your health might be in Egypt, but your uh, your 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 organization and your systems on how to be organized with work might be in promise. Things might be great there, but your health is declining. And we want to, as believers, to have good stewardship in all areas of our life. And if we can discern this, because it, it might not be everything in your life is Egypt, everything in your life is wilderness, and everything is, is in promise. It's, it, it's not like that. And if we can understand the seasons based on the type of area we're trying to become better stewards at and allow the Lord to really lead us and guide us to, obviously, out of a place of bondage to wilderness, I truly believe. I truly believe more of God's people will continue to be set free. Now, I talk a lot about how Egypt, it is a place that is bondage. Wilderness is to deliver you from you. You never hear about giants in the wilderness. Wilderness is to deliver you from you, you from your flesh. So we all have to go through wilderness. The Lord talks about this, how in Deuteronomy 8, the reason why I allow wilderness is to humble, to test, and to know what's in your heart. Then I get to promise. Promised land is a place where you start to actually fight devils and giants. So promised land is not just a place where it's like, okay, everything's good. <laughs> it's a walk in the beach. It's, it's not like that. There is there's strategy and that's why I talk about garden provision. There's strategy in being able to take dominion and territory when you step into the promised land. So we have to really understand this. And there's so much we can really break down. And that's why I highly recommend everyone making sure that before you go through this to go back and watch all the different uh, videos and, and podcast episodes that we shot. Because it will make this word, it'll make it a lot more sense. But I, I already know the Holy Spirit will impart that wisdom and personalize it according to the hearers. Just want to make that disclaimer because a lot of these things I'm sharing, I'm going deeper and you might have questions around it and I've answered it in previous episodes. Now, let's go a little bit deeper on this. A place like Egypt that was once a place that delivered them from famine became a place of bondage hundreds of years later. During Joseph's day, they left 
their area, their land to get into a, a place where Egypt was able to steward and deliver them away from famine. That was Joseph's days. Joseph knew how to use his gift of interpreting dreams to promote him to a place that was able to help him and his family decade later to be able to be delivered from a famine that was coming upon the land. Egypt was not the issue. It's the season that they stayed in Egypt hundreds of years later during Moses' day. Egypt was not the issue. It was the season that were, they were in it. Too many of us might have overstayed our time in a place. And it once became a place that was a blessing that now is a place of bondage. Now is a place where we continue to entertain toxicity. And this is why I truly believe Egypt becomes a place of provision, but Egypt becomes a place of toxic provision. It wasn't that Egypt was the issue. It was the season of them being in Egypt that was, the, it might have been the right place, wrong season. Toxic provision. Now, we're going to get into wilderness. And I'm explaining this, the three different ways. Wilderness is God's provision. God heard the cries of his people. He heard the cries of them. And he sent Moses as a deliverer to be able to deliver them into wilderness. And they had to trust God. They had to trust that what Moses was speaking was from God. And they had to get up and move. God's provision. We went into verses like Numbers 11. In Numbers 11, it talks about how they were having an appetite for Egypt. They were like, oh, the onions and all the, all the vegetables back, back in Egypt. But God is sending what? Manna. And they were complaining, the scriptures tell us, and say that it was, it was this manna. They had, they, there's nothing left except, except this manna. And if you look up the word manna, it means what is it? So they didn't really know what it was. Sometimes God drops things in our season and we don't even know what it is. So he drops this manna. But here's the thing. It looked like a coriander seed and manna was not bread. It was like a coriander seed and they had to grind it. They had to work. They had to cook it up to turn it into bread. Because God does not give fruit. He gives seeds. God does not always give bread. He gives manna to turn it into bread. There's work to be done to turn that into bread so that they can eat it. And they were complaining that they had nothing because they had an appetite for their dish and whatever they had on the menu in Egypt. It was it was a provision, but it was toxic because it kept them to be to be working like slaves under Egyptian bondage when they were free in wilderness and God was providing for them, but it wasn't what they were used to. It wasn't the diet that they were used to. Mm. Now they're here in Numbers 11 And they're complaining God sends it They have no other choice but to grind it And to make it to eat it God sends manna During a season of wilderness God's provision This is kind of like those people that are like I'm going to wait for my blessing and, and next thing you know God will just directly bless them God directly blesses them for example, you might have paid overpaid too much on your tax return and he, and you needed money this month because you were a little short, but that tax return blessing came. And now you continue to get blessings like that that just supernaturally come and some people think they don't have to do anything because God's providing. God does provide in manna form 
for a season, but when it's time to develop and it's time to mature and you transition from being in wilderness to being able to take territory and dominion and finally transition into promised land. Promised land. Promised land is not always I overpaid for a tax return or a random check just comes in or a random deposit into my bank account. God does those blessings. But he also gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, meaning I got to get on my feet, uh, my knees and pray. Then I got to get on my feet and work. This is how our God works, especially if seasons are changing and transitioning. I can't always rely on God in a season of promised land for manna to continue to fall fresh. Why? Because God gives us garden strategies, promised land later becomes garden provision. I'll prove it to y'all. It's the revelation I got when I was reading Joshua chapter 5. So, just a quick recap on that. Egypt is toxic provision. It was still provision, but it was toxic. I have to discern this. Wilderness was God's provision. Manna fell directly from heaven. Promised land, promise is garden provision. God is giving me strategy on how to plant and grow and multiply fruit through garden strategies. And I'll prove it to you in Bible. Joshua 5. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 12. It says this. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. People were really hearing about the glory of what God did <laughs> to deliver his people. Verse 2, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. Uh, this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all of them of men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who had come out who had came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in wilderness till all the, all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. To whom the Lord, that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Just to kind of go over this and talking about like why Joshua had to circumcise them, it's there. I think what I like to pull from this text is Joshua did it. God gave the instructions. Joshua did it. He didn't even question God. And then God gave the reason after to why he had to do it. Some of us, we get the instruction from God and then we wonder, God, why does this make sense? Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Get the instruction, do it, and then God gives the reason. This is also, from what I'm learning, this is, this is promised land strategy, y'all. This is promised land strategy. It says this in verse, uh, in verse, go to eight. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now the children of Israel camped 
in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at, at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Verse 12. Then the manna seized on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. God knows. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Let me just share. God is so good that he knows when to give based on the season and the soil that we're in. Manna seized the moment they were able to eat the fruit of the land. Promised land, this is the transition, Joshua 5, promised land becomes garden provision. And here's what's amazing about gardens. When you plant seeds, there is strategy and there is faithfulness, there is fruitfulness, but there's also patience. There's also trust that God's process is the process that he ordained from the beginning. This is where promised land becomes garden. God, what he's doing is he's giving people, he gives the blueprints. He doesn't give you the ark. He gives the blueprints. He doesn't give you the tabernacle. And we need to understand that in order for me to lock unlock this, I need to be willing to leave a season in the past so that I can walk into a new season ahead. I believe we get so addicted to trying to find the new door, the new path, the new way, that we become people that lack discernment and wisdom on knowing that I must exit a toxic environment to be able to get into a brand new environment. Exodus just means exit. In order for me to be able to walk into something, I must be willing to leave and walk out of something. They knew. They knew how to walk out of something. They, they walked out of a place that was toxic. They walked out of a place that no longer serves them. And I promise you that when you exit a place that no longer serves you and you're done getting handouts and you're t you want to be able to build strategy and get developed and mature, it is time to graduate and be a developed disciple to be willing to walk out of something that allows you to supernaturally walk into something new. I know I, I, I might be preaching right here, but I really have to share this revelation on what is hindering some people from walking because they have been so addicted to manna, they don't know what the fruit of the land tastes like. It's not that the land was toxic. It's the season that they stewarded in that land that allowed them to be toxic. The, the, Egypt wasn't toxic. It helped them be delivered from a place of famine in one season. It was the season that they overstayed their stay. Some of us have overstayed our stay in certain areas, which allows us to fall in love with toxic, which allows us to fall in love with the things that we continue to love more than God. We love our appetite that this land is giving us more than having an appetite for Jesus Christ. And this is why it's hard to exit a place that God wants us to leave so he can walk us into somewhere brand new. And the thing about being able to exit a room, you automatically enter a new room. So maybe the strategy is to be able to exit a place 
<laughs> of saying, God, I don't just need another handout. I need a blueprint so that I can steward a land that I'm called to, I'm anointed for, I'm appointed for, I'm ordained for, so that I could be able to be growing up and not always rely. Like, let me just tell y'all, if you continue to be a, a 35-year-old and you're still on breast milk diet and you're crawling on the floor to get from one place to another, that is where people are spiritually and that is why it is hard for them to really be healthy. There is spiritual malnourishment that is happening just as if it were physically. This is why I know these podcasts, these episodes are allowing us to get deep, to understand the seasons. And my question today, is this garden provision? Is this garden provision? Egypt was about a mindset. And we talked about that in our last episode about Egypt mindset. It's, it's about the methods that are old, the patterns that are old, the thinking that is old. That keeps us in a place from actually experiencing a garden blueprint. Because in order to get, get to the garden, I have to get out of a place that's hindering me from seeing the garden. <laughs> and that's a whole other thing I talked about. Like, what do you see? Because in Numbers 13, when they saw, the spies that saw that there were giants in the promised land, that those giants are bigger than our God. That's what they saw. So that's what they spoke. I said that in the last episode because of what they see is what really dictates and influences what they say. And some of us continue to sit in Egypt. You might be out of Egypt, but is Egypt out of you? What if, what if what you're speaking is what is delaying your deliverance to get into promised land? Like, I'm going to say it another way. We like to say de delayed but not denied. It's such a good word. But what if it's delayed due to disobedience? It's a delay due to disobedience. It's not a delay. It's your disobedience that's causing the delay. Like, it's not always the devil. What if it's your decisions? And it's not always you needing deliverance. Maybe demons cast it out, breaking off what the flesh has. What if it's not deliverance and you waiting for a Sunday at the altar to get delivered? What if it's you just needing a stronger prayer life, an active fasting life? What if it's you trying to be able to develop and steward healthy, godly habits? What if it's your decisions that is delaying the promise? Not a delay that you think is from God when I think a delay is from God, but it's really my decisions that are hindering me from actually achieving the promise, when I think that, it becomes delusion. <laughs> I know I'm going deep on this, but, but I want us to really be set free. The point of being simply uncaged in the mind is to be set free in the mind. And I do never want us, and I do not want us, to mislabel a, a moment or an era of delay when it's really disobedience. What if it's not God that is the one that we're waiting on? What if he's waiting on us? It's like, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on, no, what if he's waiting on you to make the next move? But what if it's hindering you is from seeing 
a place that land uh, of a land that flows with milk and honey, a promise from God, but you see devils and giants that are hindering you from getting in. God prepares us in wilderness to launch us into promise. He he does this strategically to to test us, to humble us, and to really know what's in our heart. Mm. I want to share these few things, and I really I'm really excited, and at the same time, I am as we're closing out on this mini series on is this wilderness. I pray that we really got delivered from thoughts, old ways of thinking, and the way that we see wilderness, promised land in Egypt, but also. When we step into promised land, it's a whole different strategy. It's a garden strategy because it's garden provision. Three keys on understanding how to move in promised land. These are three keys on how to move in promised land and the ways that I need to think. Number one, and I said this earlier, God gives blueprints, not arcs. God will not always just try to give you an arc or a tabernacle, so I'm not going to expect that. I'm not going to expect the fruit. I'm going to expect it in seed form. I'm going to expect manna and understand how to turn it into bread. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm going to learn how to take the produce of the land to produce fruit and consume that from its own garden strategies. God gives blueprints, not arcs. Okay, How to move in promised land. Number two. Discern seasons and cycles. Discern seasons and cycles. Never mislabel a, a season and call it, or a cycle and call it a season. That, I think that's a lot easier to, to understand. Never mislabel what is a cycle with and slap season on it. Seasons, they happen whether we like it or not. Seasons, they shift, they change. We have to go through seasons for God to work on us. It's a process. But never mislabel a season with someone's toxic cycle. Cycles need to break. Same cycle in a different season five years from now is not they must go through this season. Maybe their, their disobedience is keeping them in that cycle in a different season. I break cycles and I trust God and the process through seasons. Never mislabel and discern the difference between seasons and cycles. Cycles need to break. Seasons change. But seasons also are, are times where God might be testing me, humbling me to know what's in my heart. But when a cycle, a same pattern continues to happen over and over and over again, I need to know how to break that because that's not of God. Cycles create these habits that produce toxicity, dysfunction, delusion, deception in our life. So we break it in Jesus' name. Promised land, a land flowing with milk and honeys. Our God does not break promises. He breaks chains. Mm. Three on how to move in promised land is to ask this question. Is this delay or disobedience? Is this a delay or disobedience? It could be a divine delay or a demonic attack that is keeping me in disobedience. And what stopped them from going from wilderness to promise is their murmuring and complaining. It's I got out of Egypt, but Egypt is still not out of me. And if I can pro profess and, and say, yeah, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King, but how I move is in direct proportion to really if I trust God. How you move, 
how you build, how you grow in the Lord. This is good, y'all. Discern the difference between delay and disobedience. And I might even do a whole nother teaching on this because understanding the difference between delay and disobedience, what if it's not delay? Denied, but, or yeah, delayed, but not denied. What if it's delayed because of disobedience? Or is this really a divine delay from God because he knows the perfect time to be able to allow that to enter into your life? And he, ha- he knows the best time. You might think it's the best, but God knows the best for our life. Amen. God bless you, family. I just want to really go into this and share the difference. Egypt, toxic provision. uh, Wilderness, God's provision. Promise, garden provision. Three three keys on how to move during the promised land. Understand that God gives blueprints, not arcs. To discern seasons and cycles. Seasons change, but cycles need to break. Same pattern in a different season, five, ten years later. It might not be a season. It might be a cycle that needs to break. Last thing, number three, is this delay or disobedience? And is your disobedience and your delay because of even what's going on in your mouth, is this a divine delay from God or disobedience that's hindering my delay because of me? It's either decisions or the devil. Decisions or the devil. Right, we we everything can't be the de- the devil. Sometimes it's my decisions. I need better habits. I need a healthier lifestyle as a disciple. So I pray the Holy Spirit speaks and allows you to download this divine revelation and blueprint to be able to move in your promised land. Now I want to encourage y'all to go back through all these different episodes in the pod in this mini series. Is this wilderness discerning wilderness and understanding if this is really wilderness or has this been? because of my disobedience to why I'm not even entering the promise that I deserve according to how God created and God's will. Praise the Lord. We love you, family. Tap in, hit the sub. We, we thank you all for all the comments and just really allowing us to serve y'all. I'm so excited about that. We have our store out here in Las Vegas. Tap in, links in the description below. Check that out. If you're ever in Vegas, come by and visit us. We love y'all so much. I'll see y'all in the next episodes. So excited for what God is doing. Take care. In Jesus' name, bye-bye.